And it's that time again. Another episode of Joel Cupcake Unedited with your boy. That's me. I'm Joel Cupcake. What's going on, everybody? How we doing? How we doing? Hope everyone enjoyed my episode last week. Uh, I did. So I hope you did. And if you didn't, I don't fucking care because it's my show. That's what's up. Ha <laughs> uh, What's going on, everybody? Just a reminder, the debates tonight. Watch that. Be educated. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. Either way, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are. The country needs some change. So vote and educate yourself. Watch the debates, all that nonsense. Um, but fuck all that. Too many. We've had too many politics popping up in the last couple episodes. I don't want to do all that. You all know what the show is about. It's me unedited. It's my guests unedited. No bullshit. I don't go back. I don't change anything. I don't fucking take money from sponsors. I got nothing. I got nothing. I just, I do this as an outlet for myself and as something to provide entertainment for you watching. So thanks. Uh, if you're new here, here, feel free to hit that subscribe button uh, over there. Boop, 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 underneath the screen. That'd be tight. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitch. I stream. I do some stuff on there. I hang out a lot on that. Uh, all my socials are in the comments. Follow me on that. And we do have a Facebook page going uh, for the show. So if you could go swing by and give me a like on that, that would be fucking excellent. Um, anyways, today's guest, I'm, I'm pumped. It was his birthday last night. Uh, he fucking shreds. He is my favorite person to get in arguments with on the fucking internet. And uh, we go back and forth a lot, but he's a fucking great dude. We've been friends for, for, for quite a while now, quite a while. Uh, he's also played in a couple of the, the legendary bands that NorCal's had over the years. Uh, so I am very, very excited to have my good fucking friend Rob here today. Rob, how are we hey, doing, you? brother? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having me on, man. Dude, thank you for joining me. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Rob, his most recent project is called Moldothra, right? That's that's I'm saying it correctly. Uh, it's actually Moldrotha, but Moldrotha. Uh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think the word actually exists in any kind of dictionary. So you know, fuck it. But actually, fun fact about the name is actually it is a Magic the Gathering uh, creature, and Andrew actually was the one that came up with the name. Um, for the okay. Brand. Because we were looking for names for it at the time, and then we just mm -hmm. couldn't find one that he told me. He said, "I will." There's this really cool name, uh, Moldrilla the Grave Tide. I think we should maybe look at that. And I was like, "I like that first part a lot, Moldrilla." And he goes, "Like, dude, me too." And we, you know, I, I think it was at one of your shows. Yeah, he, he actually. I was talking to him like last week about you. You came up, mm -hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, man, like that." Like I was, I said the same thing to him. I was like, "How the fuck do I say the band name?" And then he was like, oh, it's, it's from a Magic the Gathering card. I was like, oh, it all makes fucking sense now. That's right. But yeah, so you're in that band. You know, you you were in, you you know, you were the obviously the the main, the other main part of the Zenith Passage composition stuff. You've been in All Shall Perish. Uh, I think I might have met you. Were you, did you ever fill in for Fallujah? Did, am I imagining that in my brain? Oh, yeah, for a couple of years. I filled in with those guys for a while. Um, yeah, no, I was with Fallujah. We started, I think I hopped in with Fallujah, I believe, like the tail end of 2008. Okay. That was right when they wrote the, um, they were right, They, I think they had, they were in the middle of writing the Leper Colony EP. Okay, yeah. That was like, you know, their first kind of like, um, more so like kind of like 
you know, bigger release that they pushed out. Before it was like, you know, I think a lot of singles and like really just kind of one of those bands in the scene in the Bay Area metal scene, you know. Um, I think I met those guys at, uh, I want to say I met Andrew first out of all of them. We yeah. was, I was at, before Fallujah, I was in a band called Eviscerated out of uh, Concord. And yes. we always, a lot of shows happened at this place called Colorblind Studios. And I know Fallujah and us both played that place quite a bit. Yeah. yeah I remember, I remember that place. I don't, I think I've been there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was a, it was a really cool place. Like, you know, between that place and I want to say Red House, that would, those are real, two really cool, like Bay Area venues. Um, and I think that after, and that's where I first saw Fallujah play all those years ago. And I was like, dude, this band is freaking, you know, really cool. You know, just like, yeah. you know, just, just a sick, you know, kind of like at the time, you know, modern, you know, you know, modern style of like you know death metal or i guess deathcore however you want to look at it at that time that's kind of like the style that was big you know and all those guys were super young too i think i was always the oldest person in the band you know <laughs> yeah you know those guys were always uh, super young but uh man uh it's crazy to think about that time going all the way back and hopping into that hopping into that band after eviscerated kind of ended and oh uh, so what so yeah i mean we kind of we kind of jumped jumped the shark a little bit yeah did you start so was eviscerate was your first band right technically yeah. mm -hmm. so so what when when did you start eviscerate like give me give me the like oh high, so i, I didn't actually, high school going into the going into playing music like how yeah, that so story? eviscerated was a band already in existence before i joined um that I, kind of like after out of high school I really started getting into going into like local shows because, you know, I was just all about music and just, you know, yeah. I was deep into like, you know, just all the bands kind of really big at the time. Like, you know, I think, you know, I think I want to say my bands that got me really in death metal was Between the Buried in Me and Black Dahlia Murder. You know, those, two, like, really, those bands really solidified my love for the genre. And like, that's when I really took a deep delve into like death metal as a whole, you know. And like, and then all the bands that kind of like, you know, started to come up with that, you know, got into like, you know, Despise of Icon was one for sure through the oh, eyes of the dead. Uh, and of course, you know, Animosity, just the Bay Area. I mean, oh, and then, yeah, well, I, Animosity, and then of course, All Shall Perish, you know, yeah, Hometown yeah. Love, for all those guys. And then, uh, yeah, when I started going to like more of these local shows, you know, and Colorblind was one of the shows I went to and I saw Eviscerated play, and I was just like, dude, these guys just sound pro. Like, I mean, I was super young at the time, but, you know, I mean, they just had everything together. In my eyes, they had, they had everything together. They had, you know, songwriting down, you know, just uh, all the guys knew how to play really well, you know. And I was just like, I need to be in a band like this, you know, just something that I – so and I got to know those guys for a while, Taylor, Nick, um, Marco, the drummer at the time. And, uh, you know, we all kind of got to – I met those guys and like, you know, just kind of uh, through shows and like going to shows for a while. And like, you know, and after a while I got together with Taylor and like, you know, we, and, you know, just say that again, say that again, Rob, my internet has got all screwy for a second. So after, oh, yeah, you, okay. you said you met, you met Taylor and then. Yeah. Taylor Holt. It was the, uh, was a guy who I um, kind of meshed with the most and eviscerated at first. And so like we got together and just like play guitar together. And uh, then through that, you know, just kind of like building that friendship up, you know, I just kind of naturally joined the band at that point and then did a lot of things with them, you know, played and like really kind of like, that was my first band ever. So like, and that was my first time really kind of like engaging, like, you know, the band uh, working mentality, like, you know, working with members and like, you know, kind of like getting all of that squared away. And then, um, you know, unfortunately that band just kind of like never worked out fully. And then, uh, but through them, you know, I met Fallujah 
yeah. at the time, you know, I met Andrew, like, you know, and all those guys, you know, I thought all those guys were great dudes too, you know, just that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like, that was a really cool thing kind of coming up, just kind of like meeting all these people through the scene, you know, and like, just kind of like knowing all the band, who all the bands were and like, and like who was in it. And so, um, yeah, through after that though, then after Eviscerated kind of like had its kind of dissolved, uh, then I just, you know, hopped into Fallujah and then they, that right, they were like right in the middle of writing the Leper Colony EP. And I think there, and then I knew like that was like the type of music that I really wanted to make. Because Eviscerated was, it took a lot of like, you know, very like uh, old school style death metal. Yeah. Which is, you know, they were very into like, you know, their influences kind of went from like, you know, Severed Saviors, like, you know, just the really kind of old, decrepit birth, like the very like, you know, old, I would say like, you know, uh, California style death metal. Yeah. Like, Cruise, like that kind of stuff. You oh know? yeah, well, yeah, West Coast death metal, bro. That, I mean, that's that's where it's at, man. Yeah, and then, yeah, but uh, but uh, at the time too, also, like, I was like, when what, what Fluja was writing at the time, I was like, this is like the stuff for me for sure. Like I was like, you know, I felt really comfortable with and I, really fell into with them. And then like, you know, uh, yeah, just then I did my first tour with Fluja. Our first tour was with Antagony, you know, other, you know. Oh, geez, dude. Us, man. Just, uh, Carlos was, will probably never watch this, but if he does, I love you, you fucking crazy motherfucker. He'll watch this to talk shit on me 100% strictly to do that for sure. But, uh, I, I, you know, though, uh, yeah, so that was our first tour with them. And, like, that was my first – that was my first tour, like, you know, just getting to know what the road was like. It was only, like, a two-week tour, but, like, man, like, what an experience to, like, you know, see that, you know, because you're, you're growing up and you're going to all these shows, you know, and you're seeing all these bands, you know, play play their set. And, like, you know, that was a first – like, that was a really eye-opening experience, like, going on the road and, like, just uh, seeing what that day-to-day -day process is like, you know. And you definitely realize right off the bat, like, man, this is, this is rough. Like, you know, if you're not – if you just go right into it for the first time, you're like, wow, this is like what it is. But, you know, we're having like, but as I remember getting home and thinking like, man, that was rough, but I don't think I've ever had that much fun ever doing something. Yeah. And I just like, couldn't wait to do it again, man. So like, yeah. you know, skip a couple of months, you know, then uh, the band uh, started writing our first full length, the Harvest Wombs. And the band's like, you know, style, like kind of like pretty, I would say pretty drastically changed. You know, we went from kind of like, you know, this, I want to say this atmospheric kind of black and death core style to, you know, I'd say more the atmospheric uh, death metal style of the band's a little bit more known for now. Yeah. They're you know, like cemented their, their style into it. Because really the band's definitely gone farther and farther away from death core over time. Oh yeah. I mean, I would say that you know, once the band released the Harvest Rooms, it was like, you know, a completely different band, you know? Just like, you know, uh, I remember, you know, Scott, the, guitar, the lead guitarist, Scott Carstairs, you know, mm -hmm. I think now, you know, one of the most renowned, just one of the best guitarists in the scene for sure. You know, the dude is just, oh, yeah. the dude has always been just like super, you know, into his guitar playing and like, you know, he's yeah. got really into theory and like, you know, learning the ins and out of guitar. And you can see that, you know, with what the ideas and stuff that he was bringing when we're writing the Harvest Rooms, you know, just stuff that I was, that I at the time was like, was like dude, how did you think of that? Yeah, like that, you know, and so like what in turn, you know, I think it helped me become a better player through the years too. just kind of like seeing that writing style and like, you know, trying to write, you know, quality, quality death metal, I would say. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was a that was a really just fun, collaborative effort writing that record, you know, putting that together. Just, you know, yeah. so we just, you know, we had like elements of, you know, just straight up brutal death metal. And then like, you know, the newer kind of stuff that we we're hoping to bring was like, you know, the atmospheric elements into the 
into the music. <clears throat> yeah, Felicia's always been a band that does like they're they're never it's never just something straight. You know what I mean? It's never just death metal. Like it's always death metal and a little deathcore or death metal and the atmospheric or you know now it's like really atmospheric with a little deathcore. You know what I yeah. mean? And you know especially in the era when they well you guys I can say that like when they came when we all came up mm -hmm. it was like hard to do that because it was like everybody wanted fucking deathcore yeah. or or you know like the only band that was really towing the line back then was fucking despise icon that's it you know, know every other band was either straight deathcore or straight or more just like like moria where they're like a heavier metalcore band you know what i mean like mm -hmm. there was like and then there was but then there but then you get like despise icon bt bam you get those start bands where they pop up where it's like oh dude this is a blend and this is sick yeah, it's fucking it, sick, dude. Yeah, man, and it works really well. And um, you know, that, that was definitely good, like you were saying too. I think that was definitely also a challenge too, you know, trying to like do that style when like, you know, the most prominent style was for sure, like, you know, the white white chapel or you know, through the eyes of the dead and kind of all of those yeah, all those like kind of like, you know, the main main bands at the time. Yeah, would you consider let's go off subject for a second here, because you're someone I can actually have this conversation with. So I've said it before on other episodes of the show, like one of the bands, so like I grew up and I was like a, a punk ska kid growing up. And then I got into like like goth punk, goth goth industrial. Then I found my way to new metal. Kind of kind of came full circle and eventually discovered Poison the Well. And the Poison the Well opened the door to this genre as they did for most people. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't listen to metal or death metal. Like metal to me was like Slipknot. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I didn't listen to death metal. That door wasn't open to me until I heard the red cord mm -hmm. and three eyes to the dead. And a lot of, you know, I feel like there's a lot of that argument of like, what type of music is through the eyes of the dead. I've never considered them a death core band, but I know a lot of other people, at least the first album and the first, you know, that EP that most people haven't even heard. Most people consider them a death core band. I think that they're, they're just a fucking tech metal band. That's me. No, I 100% I, I agree. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I think when I think if you probably ask any of those bands, they would probably hate to label themselves deathcore. You Correct. know, I, I think it's just that label that came out of MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, when you look at Bloodlust, I think that came out in like 2006. Yeah. You know, that was a that was a pretty influential album for me growing up as well, too. But, you know, when I it's funny when I first heard bands like Black Dollar Murder and Through the Eyes of the Dead. You know, um, I I also listened to a band called At the Gate. So you're getting that like kind of like you know, uh, yeah, that's what they reminded me of. You know, yeah, they, they reminded me of that like you know that style that came from that band. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, but of course, me at the time didn't know when I first heard At the Gates and Dahlia. I heard At the Gates. And I was like, oh wow, these guys sound like Black Dahlia Murder. Little did I know, you know, At the Gates. Yeah. You know, for quite a while, and yeah. you know, like I said, it was the one. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Bloodlust was that fucking record. Is like. If that record had never come out, I never would have gotten into actual like death metal and the more technical sides of metal because like that dude that record just changed it for me. Like, oh, I think what's that? Uh, that two inches away from me, Otter. I think that's yeah. Like, I think that is you know the anthem, dude. I don't think there's a CD that starts better than that. On honestly, like you know, like no disrespect to Hatebreed and some of the greats and stuff, mm. but like there's not really a record that starts better than that fucking CD does, dude. Like you just, you're hooked. It doesn't matter if you like metal or, or metalcore. Like 
that song just gets you jazzed right from the it's fucking good, you know, it's just like for me you know what it comes down to me it's just good heavy extreme music man that's mm -hmm. kind of you know, how i look at it all nowadays you know i try to like maybe not necessarily associate a lot of that stuff with genres anymore you know because oh, yeah, i hate it yeah i mean i think in general like you know i like to look at i guess if there was one thing that's more specific i would just say death metal as a genre itself but like you know yeah all the genres that come with it i really don't like you know label anything with that anymore so uh, yeah i try to stick to like death metal metalcore and tech metal like those are my three genres because you can have technical metalcore bands you know what i mean like you can like there are definitely bands that tow way more towards the core side yeah. with shreddy guitars mm -hmm. and i hate the term gent so we're just not even gonna act like that exists in this in this conversation but, uh, so I think that came out of that minute gents yes but, uh, but well so anyways well, awesome. I'm glad you agree with me. Like, I think, you know, because I, I tell people, like, you know, when I got into, like, the real heavy music, it was, like, Cajun Strain and Aslai Dying. That's what did it for me, for, like, heavy breakdown-centric music. But okay. when it comes to death metal, it's fucking Through the Eyes of the Dead. Like, a, like there's not – it's not even Through the Eyes of the Dead and. It's just Through the Eyes of the Dead. Mm -hmm. But then I heard, like, Red Chord, Number 12 Looks Like You, some of the more, like, chaotic stuff. And then I was also, like, okay, I like, like – to me, it's just all extreme metal. You know what I mean? So I fucking love it, dude. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so you did Harvest Wombs with Fallujah, and then I know you had a little stint in All Shall Perish, which that's – so So I, I don't remember when we met, but you're in my – you've always been in my phone as Rob ASP, like Rob All Shall Perish. Has to be at that, so right there, that we, we have to have met when I was with All Shall Perish at the time. Um that's what I think is I, I can't remember when we went either, but I just know that we for sure <laughs> over the years just been at the same shows. Yeah. Know, I mean, I well, it's just like Josh Richards and like, cause like, you know, I, I always thought it was like, people don't understand the like how it used to be back in the day mm -hmm. or like the same tour could go play the pound right. and play San Jose and play Salinas, you know, no, like, because, because the scene was insane. So growing up in the East Bay, I feel like you guys had a lot more death metal influence and the South Bay had a lot more, of like the breakdown metalcore influence totally. at least at least in my opinion i would say that like i i lived through it so i think i'm 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 you know i'm enabled i'm worthy i to say I, that no i agree man you were there to see all that shit too man just like you know that I, I remember you being there all the time but um yeah trying to think yeah so the back to where we met though i think when i had just kind of met how I met All Shall Perish, though, you know, Fallujah had to play, I think, a lot of local shows with All Shall Perish. Whenever, whenever we could, yeah. I always, we got to play a show with them because, like, their shows were always just so fun and always just so, like, you know, just kind of packed out. And I always really looked at All Shall Perish as, like, the really big, like, staple of uh, the Bay Area for, for Death Metal, at least, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all those guys were always great, you know, Ben, Eddie, uh, Mike, you know, all the kind of OG members of the band. Yeah. Um, so then when Ben left, uh, Mike had their bass player. Mike had uh, called me up and said, "Hey, uh, we need a guitar player to play second guitar for this In Flames tour. Are you down?" I was just like, "Yeah, I'm down." Yeah, I, mean, I didn't realize that In Flames tour was your first tour with the band. That was my first tour ever with the. With That's the insane. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. And that was when like In Flames was kind of at their peak too, right? Like, Dude, I mean, I well, because that was my first tour, you know, big tour with like you know bands like that. Mm -hmm. um, I had never really seen like you know kind of like production style like these big like clubs and theaters, you know, and like uh, yeah. I really didn't know 
you know, the perception of metal, like, you know, in Canada, dude, like in flames is huge in Canada. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was just like, you know, just every night watching it, I was just like blown away. Like, you know, just how big and like, you know, how different everything is, you know, and um, it was my first bus tour also. So that was pretty cool. And we got to share it with the uh, band Demon Hunter for a band. five week tour or something like that. We shared a bus with them. Oh, but, uh, yeah, lineup. In Flames. Who was yeah, that was, uh, if I remember correctly, that was Battlecross, Ultra Parish, Demon Hunter, and then In Flames. Oh, Demon was direct. Okay, cool. Yeah, Demon Hunter that was, yeah, so that's the thing too. Also, I, I, I had no idea who Demon Hunter was. But I kept hearing that they were like, you know, just some really big deal. You know, they're a big band. I was like, I've never heard of them, you know? Um, yeah. And then, you know, uh, we played in, God, I forget where we were. We were in Canada sometime, but it was the first time that they had been to this part of Canada, I think. And, dude, that crowd went just absolutely nuts for Demon Hunter. And I was just like, dude, holy shit. These guys are freaking, you know, really big. Like, That's so bigger than, I, bigger than I, you know, could have had pictured, but, uh, you know, the whole the whole tour was just really really fun, man. You know, the Flames guys were really cool. Their crew was super cool. You know, just that experience was just like you know, for our first time doing something like that. Yeah, seriously. You know, playing, 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 you know, guitar from one of my favorite bands on a tour with like you know one of the biggest you know influential metal bands. Like that was pretty sick. That's so, insane, dude. Yeah, just That's lots, insane. A lot of cool firsts with All Shell Courage, man. Like you know, after the In Flames tour, we flew. If I remember correctly, we did a tour in Japan with obituary it was like for like a week and That's you know, so that, that was crazy i was just like dude what is life right now you know this is so sick you know going yeah. and with you know one of the you know you know heaviest you know og bands of all time you know those guys are super cool um after that was orion festival with uh metallica in 2013 but that was you know just like <laughs> that was even even crazier yeah funny story about that too um because we played the same stage that they played, the Orion stage is what it was called. Yeah. We were backstage, like, you know, we we're kind of all on our stage. You know, the stage is huge too, by the way. So uh, so before we went on, uh, Kirk Hammett just kind of walks up behind us and surprises us with a guitar world photographer. And I guess Kirk Hammett was like a really big fan of All Shall Perish. So I like, definitely heard that. Yes. Yeah. So he came up and said hello to all of us, and like you know, to me, like you know, listening, having listened to Metallica, being of course, like you know, my introduction to metal, you know, and just yeah. know what Metallica is and what they've done, you know, and just like when he came up and walked behind us, I was like, that was a pretty like starstruck moment. I was just like, dude, that's pretty hurt came up, you know, like just not just coming up and just saying so tight. And um, he was talking to all of us. He was talking to me about my, my guitar from it. Remember correctly, like, you know, the seven string guitars. He just like I remember. He, I think I remember him. He was like. Man, I just I just can't get around playing the seven string stuff, man. It's just too crazy, or something along those lines. And so um, we we're about to go on, and he was going to introduce us on stage before we played. Oh, that's so tight. Uh, but before we did that, though, my my wireless pack for my guitar it started to go on the fritz, like it like the signal started to get messed up, so like my nothing was coming out of my guitar. And uh, and I guess what happened was Stefan Carpenter from Deftones because they played that same stage too. Um, his wireless rig was interfering with our wireless rig. So I had to run all the way across the stage in front of like thousands of people and reset my wireless pack and then run back. But when I ran back, uh, Kirk was like, Hey, you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm all good. He's like, all right, man. And then he goes out and he introduces us. And like, it was like the coolest, like we played for an hour, I think, but I, I felt fast. It was like, that was probably the coolest, like, you know, performance ever, you know, just having played, 
haven't played in front of that many people, like in like this open air setting, you know, and the yeah, sound yeah. so big, you know, and like uh, it was crazy to you that my first time seeing both Metallica and Deftones live was playing a show with them. Like, that's something that can always like look back and say, you know, which is a pretty cool experience. That's insane. Yeah, that's man. insane. Uh, that, was, Fuck, man. that was crazy, man. And I just, uh, I would love to relive that moment over and over because that, that was so cool. And like, dude, such good catering too. Just like, just top of my food. There. I've heard. I've yeah. never gotten the tour of Europe, and I, everyone's always told me like, you know, doing that, doing Europe and the big festivals is the way to get the good food and the oh, catering. Was in, uh, this this festival was in Michigan. No, oh, I know, but like even, but like none of the bands I had toured with ever got to hit anything that big. Oh, right, right. You know, like yeah, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing we ever got, I've ever got to be at a part of is New New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. You know yeah, what I mean? That's one fest I never got to see, unfortunately. I got, I went with um, fuck, who was I on tour with for that one? Was that art? Was I on tour with? It was either Arsonist or Within the Ruins, one of those two bands for that for that. That's got to be Arsonist. I, fuck, dude, I don't remember. I'd have to look yeah, at all my either one because you would just because they're in Cali, so I figured you would just probably hop with those guys, right? Yeah, it might have been the As Butter and Black tour. Oh yeah, because because Thick as Blood was with us. Yeah, so it was. Oh no, no, I wasn't with Arsonist at all. It was uh, I have the tour pass somewhere. Mm -hmm. I did one of those like stupid mini fest tours. You know <laughs> what I mean? That used to happen all the time. Yeah. It was like As Butter and Black in the midst of lions. Uh, yeah, like Thick as Blood, Burning the Masses. It was like fucking eight or ten bands or something. So it's insane. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so, yeah that's my, but that was my only time. But I got to watch Red Cord live, and it fucking made my fucking year. Dude, I love Red Cord. But yeah, ASP did that. I think when the last tour that All Shot Parish did actually um, was the heavy Montreal tour. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool festival too, man. Uh, that was a festival where I was like, dude, like, you know, so it's a catering we get there, you know. We go in there to give you a uh, they gave us a big bottle of Jaeger as we drove in. Yeah. Band entrance too. That was pretty cool. That's uh, so sick, dude. There's just so many huge bands there too, man. That was probably one of the coolest festivals. That was I would say that was pretty close to cool was the Orion Festival was that festival too. Um, you know, I was a big Winter Sun fan and like I was walking out of the golf out of the uh like band area and I hop in and Yari from Winter Sun just hops in there with me, like just out of nowhere. And That's I, so sick. You are from Winterson, dude. Just like you know, one of the bands you know take big influence from. But uh, dude, yeah, just uh, the All Show Parish experience was just you know just just a really really cool thing to to, to go through for myself. You know, so you yeah. Know. My, my my favorite, dude. I, I wish you would have been in the fucking band sooner, bro. So I did. I I can never remember if it was two thousand eight or two thousand ten, mm -hmm. but I did a tour. Um, the opening band. Do you remember that metalcore band from Southern California called Dear Life? I don't know if you remember them. They, they like broke up. They like stopped being super active, like right as things were starting to happen for them. Mm -hmm. But they got put on us the second leg of a tour. It was the Acacia Strain, All Shall Perish, mm -hmm. Since the Flood, and the band I was with. Mm -hmm. And that was when Nate Johnson was singing for Since the Flood. Yeah. And so you know that I like to drink too much. You're aware of that about, about me. You know, I don't need to tell you. I've seen uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would always just get fucking, I mean, if you know, Nate Johnson, you know, he, and he's clean and sober now and has a kid and shit, but mm. he used to be the party animal. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? That's and, what was, uh, Johnson, when he was fit, man, that was fit. Yeah. 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 So, so him and I would just, we got into a lot of trouble on that tour. <laughs> uh, but there was one night I remember, 
this is like, I'll always remember this. I might be telling it wrong. I'll have to double check the story with Eddie, but like also Paris had those fucking sick ass, like, like thug, uh, like basketball jerseys. Yeah. Those are sick. And I remember I wanted one and I can't, and they were out of my size. Cause I was like, I mean, I'm still a big dude, but I was like definitely fat back then. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just did, I just tore it. I didn't take care of myself. You know what I mean? So, I fucking remember one day, like they didn't have the Jersey and Eddie was like, I want to push more of the jerseys. And I was like, well, fuck dude. Like I'd wear one and be your fucking Guinea pig. And he's like, why don't you let me draw everything from the Jersey on you in Sharpie? (laughs) And they had a fucking stencil of the old all show parish logo. And so I like literally let him like Sharpie blasted across my tits. And he even drew the like double zeros with like the hella hyphy or whatever it said on the back. Cause they were from the Bay. Like I, I, I spent a whole show all I wore was like way too small Acacia Strain Moss shorts and with a Sharpie jersey on my fucking skin. And I remember waking up the next day like that was the goddamn dumbest thing I've done on tour yet, dude. Like <laughs> Looking back now, you probably think that's probably the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, now I'm like, this is, that was sick, dude. That was I, mean, I wish I would have seen that. Damn, that's crazy. That's, uh, yeah, that was way before my time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I, I love those dudes. And that, that must have been like, that must have been how you know you and I met is through Eddie. I'm I'm just going to assume it's that. Yeah, you know? no, no, I think actually it was. Uh, I I think it was. I want to say we talked at a Lionheart show at Red House. Probably Eddie was there because Eddie was there, and I, I know I think I think you put on the show if I, I if I remember correctly. More than likely, <laughs> yeah, you put on that show for sure. But that was, I can't remember what year that was, but I know for sure. Like you know, I put on so many Lionheart shows. It's there's no point in even trying to count anymore. Oh, I saw I, my first show with Fallujah was actually with Lionheart, uh, Lucky's Pizza in Dublin. Oh, dude, Lucky's man! I just had I just had Brandon Hunt on, and we talked about Lucky's a bunch on this show. So I, I think that was the only time I ever played that place was that 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 first show. But man, that was a really fun show. You know, I was like, it was so different, like, you know, from like the eviscerated shows, like those shows, yeah. like to, to that. And I was yeah. just like, I was like, this is like, this is probably this is what the scene is for sure. Yeah, I went to like. I went up there with Arsonist once. And then I think I was up there with Moria twice, I mm. think. That's, but that's the only time. Because, you know, back then, like like as I said earlier, the scenes were kind of separate. You know what I mean? But it was nice because they were all self-sufficient. Like, they, all, you know, nowadays it's like you need people from every corner of the fucking bay to go to a show for it to be big. Yeah. You know? But back then it was like Lucky's Pizza, 200 people. The Cave in San Jose, 300 people. Yeah. You know, 418 in Santa Cruz, 200 people. And they were all the different people. They were all different people. You know, yeah. maybe like twenty percent of them were crossovers. You know, so it's it fucking tight. Understand? Yeah, one place I never went to for a show, man. Like, which is you know, just highly. I never ever went to the pound. I never saw a show at the pound. They closed down after my time going to shows. Yeah, they. That was. I started going to shows like right. I think I had like a year of shows there before they closed. Mm. Like, you know, I got to see Zayon Animosity there. I saw Comeback Kid there. Right. I'm pretty sure I saw All Show Parish there. They must uh, have. Yeah. I saw BT Bam there. Um, I want to say I saw. I don't know. I don't think I saw Every Time I Die there. Hmm. But I don't know. Because for a while, some of those shows also came to like Santa Cruz or San Jose or, or like, you know, Salinas. Yeah. But then there was a while where that stopped and all the bands just purely just hit hit SF. So when that started happening, I started trying to go up there. Yeah. 
No, and for me, those shows in SF that I would always go to for sure were um, either Slim's or DNA Lounge. And those two venues are right on the same block there. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've seen so many, I mean, almost all of my favorite shows I've ever seen have been. I remember uh, probably the coolest show I saw at Slim's. Well, so there's two of them. Uh, one was an Azalea Dying tour, so their support on that tour was crazy. So it was. Asley Dying, I think Haste the Day, all that remains through the eyes of the dead. Yeah. That was a really sick tour. Um, I think all, as I, at the time, Asley Dying, I think An Ocean Between Us was out. So they played back to back nights in San Francisco. Both nights were sold out, which was That's pretty so cool. And then, um, And then also, I think at Slims again was Black Dolly Murder. Uh, Cannibal Corpse, Goat Horror, The Red Cord, and The Absence. So it was like a Metal Blade oh, tour. Sick, yeah. Was, I remember that Metal Blade tour. I, was, I, I didn't get to go, but I remember it. Yeah, I, that's where that's the first time I ever met Trevor, but that's also right when Nocturnal came out. So, like, you know, the band was just like, just going, firing off on all cylinders at that yeah. time. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think the best show I ever saw at Slim's was fuck, it was every time I died, the Red Cord Zayo, and I don't remember who opened. Yeah. I don't. I I have the flyer and I have like a you know an old merch bin that's just all flyers <laughs> from like back in the day. I have it in there. I wish I remember who opened that fucking tour. Yeah, but this reminds me of like the first show I ever saw. Actually, like big concert was at the Warfield uh, in San Francisco. Um, that was uh, I was fourteen years old, so that was actually it was Slayer, Killswitch Engage, Mastodon, and then a band that opened the show called Nine Millimeter Overdose. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah I, remember, I remember the name. I've never listened to them though. Yeah, so at the time, you know, that's when I really kind of got more into like maybe the newer bands. Yeah, but at the time when I was at that age, I was really into like old school metal, like Slayer, Sepultura, Pantera, Metallica, just any like any old school bands. So I was yeah. I didn't really get into like the newer age bands, and then uh, at that time, Killswitch had I think just coming off of End of Heartache. Ooh. So that's like so. Like, so that was like you know dead center. Like you know when that album that just came out, and like, dude, when they played, man, I was blown away, dude. Like I, I to this day I can remember that feeling of seeing them play, like their just their sound. Moving mm-hmm. in front of house at that time was you know just a genius because they they sounded they're the best sounding band that night for sure. Yeah, like, I don't remember the first time. Sound, it, it's their sound super old, and it was just you know yeah. just the, the on stage chemistry between all the guys. You know, there was just like I never really heard a band. It was my first concert ever, so like you know, it was my first experience of like the live show experience. I'm like, man, the Warfield is definitely like one of the best venues for sure in San Francisco. I'd say as far as sound goes, yeah. you know, beautiful. I have, I have only been to the Warfield once. I, I I'm really sad to admit this, Ooh. and it was when um, Danzig. You know how he remember he used to do that blackest of the black, and it was like he would only play like California and New York, mm-hmm. and yeah. he always would bring bands he wanted to help with him right uh the year i saw it was i believe they were playing Danzig three i think it was and uh bleeding through opened because you know i know all shall perish did one of those yeah it was not that year it was bleeding yeah. through and asley dang that's who it was oh you want to know a uh speaking of bleeding through you want to know a sick tour that i saw like you know when i was first going to show so it was bleeding through his headliner but i think you might have been to this one so this is a sick lineup back in the day of that time. It was Bleeding Through, Unearthed Direct Support, uh, Terror, Animosity, and Through the Eyes of the Dead. I th- 
I think I might have been at that, but I left early because I did not used to like hardcore. Oh, so, that was that was at the Fillmore too. That place was packed. Oh no, I didn't go to that. I didn't go to that. Oh, Never mind. That was a crazy show. That was right when Unearth put out that uh, Giles, the third album they put out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was one after the oncoming storm. But yeah, that was boy, that was like a huge show and all this. That was my first time seeing Animosity, and that's like when Empires was out, and I was just like. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude! I see all those bands, man. What a crazy, yeah, yeah fucking a man. Um, well, so so you when did you join Ultra Parish and how long how long did you tour with? Well, yeah, I didn't. You didn't join. You were just the touring member. How long did you do that uh, for? Yeah, so I was like a live kind of like like a live member of the band, and mm-hmm. I think like a few months, you know. Then the band Ultra Parish kind of uh, unfortunately kind of like you know faded away. I guess you know, any I think we all know joined Suicide Silence. Yes, vocalist, you know, um, and then yeah, that's pretty much that's kind of that's kind of you know the story there, you know, like the band, unfortunately. So a, a lot of the dealing that those guys had, those talks, and I kind of like stayed out of that point because you know I was. Yeah, just, I, mean, I think ever, I think anybody with access to the internet knows there's some drama behind the scenes with the band. Yeah, so I mean, but, I, I, mean I, I kind of figured you stayed out of that. I know you're not one for drama, anyways. You know what I mean? I know that about you. So I don't mean, you know, it was an unfortunate thing to kind of like you know be a bystander to see you know kind of like everything kind of just like you know dissipate as it did. Yeah, but, you, know, you know, that's just life, man. You know, and things happen, and we just got to move on with life. You know, and after so after all shall perish, you know, then I was with uh, then I discovered the Zenith Passage. You know, I think it was a Metal Sucks article. That posted about their EP Cosmic Dissonance. Yeah, I was just like, "Holy shit, this is some, this is insane." I love this, you know. And like, you know, I think I didn't know at the time. I was really, uh, I was Facebook friends with uh, Justin McKinney and Greg Hampton. <laughs> As it, uh, yeah, so they posted about it, man. And then, like, you know, uh, we all just kind of kept. Um, and I saw it was just, I, I saw it was just Greg and Justin in the yeah. band. I was like, this is just a two man band putting out an EP, which is really cool. You know, the music was, you know, just super intense, you know, it was very, very much the style of death metal that I love. Oh, I loved, dude. I mean, I love all of Zenith's music, but that first record will always be like the best thing for me. Like it just, it was like, like you, you like you said, the way it just kind of came out and made waves. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, man. And uh, so we all kind of got together and like, you know, I was kind of bandless at that point. So and I'd you know, be at the time just like needing to be in a band and playing stuff, you know, so I hit up. I hit up Justin and I was like, dude, can we, uh, I was like, dude, can I like try it for the band? And he was just like, oh, dude, yeah, of course. And so we uh, we kind of like sent back and forth guitar tabs and like, you know, I kind of like learned uh, most of the EP and mm-hmm. we kind of like started to slowly really form the band, you know, then we got at the time the band's uh, first drummer, Luis Martinez. Yes. Freaking an incredible drummer, man. And like, you know, we did a lot of our first, we did our first show at Red House, um, I don't. I think you put that show on too. I believe I did. Yes, because yeah, so I knew because uh, I've known Greg really well for many, many, many years. Um, our area has always had like the South Bay's always had a, always had a weird connection to Bakersfield. Um, Moria did really well in Bakersfield. Yep, and Moria took and more. It was weird because like so Moria did well in Bakersfield, and because we did well in Bakersfield, like that was like the the connection. So like. The Moria guys met the Do- impending doom and final burden and that whole squad because they were they did well in Bakersfield because Bakersfield doesn't have any of their own bands for some weird reason. Mm. 
Well, probably because it's Bakersfield. But um, so they would come up and like we played all together. And then Arsenis got every, you know, that's how like everybody met each other. So we always had this strange connection. And Greg is like potentially the the biggest Moria fan on the face of the planet. You know what I mean? And so like whenever I was down there with with the guys, because I, 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 you know, I always traveled with Moria for fun. Taylor's been my best friend basically since we became friends. Right. And fucking Greg loved them. Like, so I just know. And then, you know, he was in a fucking band called Dog Eats Flesh, mm-hmm. which is a terrible band name, but. Um, Aren't they all? Fair, fair. And so I, I'd always just stayed in touch with them. And then when I remember when that album came out, I was like, this is fucking sick. Yeah, man. It was uh, pretty, like, that was pretty, like, game changer. For me, I was like, dude, this is like, I would love to play in this kind of band. Yeah. Uh, and so, so you joined the, what, what year did you join Zenith? That was, I think, that was definitely 2013. I think end of 2013, I want to say, okay. when I officially kind of hopped in with that band. And then, uh, yeah, I learned, like, you know, all the material for the EP. And then we kind of, like, you know, really started steadily playing our first shows. You know, because the band was spread out, too. So it was kind of hard to, like, really get together and practice. You know, Luis, it, was like, it was like Luis was and Greg were both Bakersfield, right? No, well, Luis was here in this area. Oh, oh that's right. I'm sorry. Yes. And then Greg was Bakersfield and Justin was in, like, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, that's part of Southern California. So... But we'd all meet up uh, where Luis was in Black Pressure at the drummer's house. And that's we really kind of like, you know, started to like, you know, get the band's live show together. And yeah. then we did our first show. So our first, our first show was really sick, man. I remember it was, um, God, it was a really like freaking death metal lineup, dude. It was uh, Fallujah, Archaic, I think Inanimate Existence, uh, a couple others. But uh, yeah, what up? And I, I still have videos from that first show. I'll have to try to send them to you. But it was yeah, good. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we put that show on. It was like funny because Pen Up didn't do a lot of death metal until then. Really, like we had always just been the company that did like everything else. Like that death metal just was never something that like Andrew, the guy who the other guy who founded the company, that was just not his cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then I ended up doing it kind of like defaultly because like despised and everybody would tour with that like that the lineups would be half death core, half death metal, mm-hmm. you know? So it just kind of ended up happening that way at that, but that was one of our first like full death metal shows that we did. I remember. Actually. And I, cause I remember hitting up like Greg, like I, I need to be a fucking part of this. Yeah. And then I remember finding out that you joined the band too. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like I know Rob, like we're not fucking, you know, BFFs, but like, you know, I've always been a fan of you. And then, you know, you also knew fucking, you know, I think I think the reason I met you is because I've known Josh Richards for fucking ever. Yeah. And then also, um, oh my god, oh my god, how am I forgetting his fucking name right now? I'm trying to think who? The fucking the guy that used to the other guy that used to tour with Elshaw Parish and do merch and stuff. Oh, up here. No, no, the Filipino guy with the shaved head, or is he? I don't, I don't, I think he's Filipino. Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he he rocked with Suicide Silence a lot, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. But I, but so I knew him and Josh. Okay, and yeah. I yeah. So like I knew Joe, and then I knew I was like acquaintances with Josh, and then like one day they were together, and I hung out with both of them, and then I think Josh might have had something to do with me meeting you because you're both from the East Bay. I don't fucking know, dude. No, somehow you know through the same yeah. shows over the years, man. But, but, uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah. So you got you did Zenith, and then you. I know you helped write the the other record. Uh, yeah, it was well, it, honestly, it was very little. You know, that's like you know a lot of the credit for that for uh, the first full length, Solipsis. 
you know, I would say probably, you know, before I joined um, Zenith Passage, I'm assuming Justin probably had a lot of ideas and like riffs and like, you know, where that album probably was going, where it ended up to. So like, you know, I say Justin for sure wrote definitely the vast, vast majority of Solipsis, you know, so the yeah. way the band sounds and how like, you know, people, what people know and love about Zenith, you know, that is all from him, man. A dude's an incredible guitar player and an incredible songwriter, you know, I think that's like, I would say, you know, he's probably the most underrated guitar player when it comes to, you know, you know, just uh, as a player in general, but like, you know, with death metal, because like, what he does, what he did for me was I think he made, you know, technical death metal interesting, you know, that sounds like kind of harsh, but like, you know, it can be, no, I get it. It can be very, you know, monotonous and like, you know, very intense, you know, and I get that's like definitely a part of, you know, that style, but like, you know, he, how he was able to write these songs in like, you know, uh, a very understandable way. You know, they all kind of had like, you know, just some kind of like central theme about them, you know, which again, you know, really kind of helped me, I think, become, you know, just a better guitar player and like, you know, songwriter, just kind of listening to that, you know, then we did a lot of, you know, then, you know, the Zenith did like, you know, a nice amount of touring the last couple of years, you know, kind of getting to know a lot of the bands that they kind of like, you know, Archspire, Rivers of Nile, Fallujah. We did one, they did a really cool tour with Fallujah for like a couple of weeks. It was like Fallujah, Archspire, Zenith Passage. That was a really fun tour. You know, just a big homie tour. Uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah, man. There's like, you know, a tour across Canada and the States. You know, unfortunately, never got to do an overseas tour, out of country tour, but um, and whatnot. But yeah. And then, you know, as unit is definitely still in existence for sure. But, you know, I think after the last tour we did, you know, we all kind of like, I think, took our little break from each other and kind of like wanted to go do other things, you know, yeah. for sure. You know, I, I think I had to like really kind of like, you know, at the time prioritize myself a little bit, you know, and, and like, you know, stabilize myself, you know, so I really kind of just start taking my physical health yeah. and, you know, consideration and like, you know, that, that really kind of helped push me. Yeah, what, what you look great, by the way, I've, I mean, we've been friends talking to, I followed your journey and you're like a whole different person and yeah. in in like the best way possible though. I don't, I don't mean that in like a shitty way. No, not at all, man. I think you know, it's all, you know, that's something like, you know, that, that like I said, it was all part of the journey, you know, kind of like, you know, just like I said, when we were on tour, like you even said yourself, you know, when we said when you're on tour, you know, you're not really taking your health much into consideration because, you know, you're up for hours, you're eating the shittiest foods across the country because like the only foods available are, you know, stuff from gas stations or any fast food joints, you know. Yeah, exactly. Living off that, you know, for, you know, weeks at a time and like you're coming home, bringing that, you know, that meant that, that lifestyle and that mentality at home, you know. Yeah. Like, so, you know, for, after that, after that very last tour we did, you know, I just really kind of did, like, you know, wanted to take myself. I told myself when I would, before I hit 30 years old, which was, you know, of course last year, and I was like, I want to try to like, you know, get myself in like the best shape I can possibly get myself into. And I really kind of steadily been just like, you know, holding true to that, you know, until now, until as, you know, as long as I'm here for. So uh, it's, it's been, you know, as, not just like, you know, a, a good, like, mental push you know i'm sorry physical push like mentally it's helped me so much too yeah you know and i think it also helped me like you know really focus on other things too like you know uh really focus on you know songwriting and like you know taking that in for myself you know because like uh that was one thing i was always very very super self-conscious about was like you know i've always like written music collaboratively collaboratively um never really like written full songs myself you know Justin and Scott or any of the guys in National Parish, but these guys were always yeah. like these fully constructed songs, you know, and like, you know, knowing where they want to go. And so like, you know, through all that, you know, that's when I really kind of like, you know, I thought of the 
idea for Moldrota, you know? So like Moldrota was like, you know, uh, in my mind, it was like, you know, everything I personally love about the genre and like love about metal, I like put into Moldrota. So there wasn't like any specific, you know, genre that it was to me. It was just, you know, it was, it was to me, it was always Moldrota is just going to be, you know, uh, a sick metal band, you know, that kind of like, takes all the best elements of like the extreme aspects of it, you know, if they're super heavy and it's very different than Zebra Passage. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember when you sent me or you showed me the first song or I heard it, maybe, I don't remember if you showed it to me personally or not. But, yeah, like, Who took you yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, obviously like, you know, we're, we're working together now on the project a little bit and it's like, I love that you have like, this might piss some people off and I don't really fucking care. Uh, there's a lot of people that that claim to do the whole like we're influenced by death metal and hardcore and you know like like we have elements of everything a total line. Well, you're fucking wrong. You know what I mean? Because like there has not been a band that's like here's a breakdown and here's something technical that did it very well since Animosity. There really hasn't. Yeah. But like you your your music you do it well like you're shredding and then it's fucking heavy and i'm like what the fuck how did i get from there to there you know what i mean there's not a lot of bullshit like you're just able to fucking do it because you have good musicianship you know there's a lot of bands especially in the bay that really try to like achieve the blend you mm-hmm. know because it is both styles of music are so prevalent here mm-hmm. in the bay totally and uh, i mean i love it i'm a big fan i love you well greg was doing Greg did the first what two songs, three songs, four songs, something like that. It was on the whole first EP where that's Tara, right, that's right. Yeah, where Terra thrives. You know, me and Greg kind of like thought up like, you know, what's like our, what's it going to be about? You know, so we wanted to like to really be just like a fun. Yeah. Well, and it, it's cool. Track. It's yeah. cool for me because it's like I'll, I'm almost like a fan because like you're my friend. I love your writing style. You've really progressed and matured, and like, you know, there's there's I can tell where you get your your elements from, but I can still tell you fucking wrote that. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice. Like, it, as I've gotten older, it's there's these cool things that have happened in music. Like, because I'm I'm musically, I like to say I'm musically challenged. Like, I can't write a song or play an instrument to save my fucking goddamn life. You know what I mean? We'll write something heavy, man. We'll throw it down. I'm down. I'm down. But you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. cool that I can like listen to something and be like, Rob wrote this, or like the other the other person that's really like that is Chris Tognetti. Oh yeah. When that motherfucker writes something, I'm like, oh, he, I know who wrote this. He doesn't even just show me it because yeah, I know he wrote Chris it. Chris on another level of it, man. That dude just is like, you know, that dude has, you know, just chops and just, you know, just yeah, the ideas for days, you know, just like, um, you know, for, for me, when, that, when when it came down to stuff like that, you know, because I've been, like I said, I guess involved with like, you know, that style of music, you know, the death, the technical death metal, you know, you, you naturally want to, I think, just kind of fall in line with what they sound like. And so you're, you know, I guess in, the, in a way you kind of like just you you prepare yourself for disappointment in that way because like not <laughs> well for me you know I really wanted to focus on at that point was like you know I just want just to write just good music you know yeah I don't care if it's technical I don't care you know if it's slow or fast you know just whatever works whatever flows well you know and just uh just kind of have that really be like the main goal always like you know let's, mm-hmm. let's write the best music we can you know and uh we'll put in whatever works and if whatever doesn't work we won't have it in there you know so just whatever services the music the best and like you know that's what i think i think with this newer stuff now that we've had you know the stuff that you've heard i think it's you know a great representation of where i think i originally had um always kind of 
thought about the band, you know, like I really, yeah. really enjoy writing the music for it now too. Well, it's tight. Cause like, you know, I feel like, you know, if we go purely off the homie level, you know, you guys can play a show with spite and you yeah. would fit and you could turn around and play a show with ASB and you would fit, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I, I love that. Like that's, that's, and I, and I also love it because it encompasses you as a person. And it's like, as I was saying earlier about like the fan thing, like I get to enjoy it from a fan perspective because like, you're my friend, Greg's my friend, and he was on the first record, and now we have Alex, you have Alex doing this stuff now, and Andrew's doing it, and it's like, I have, you know, I like the new guy that sings for Fallujah, but I prefer Alex. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Andrew, if you watch this, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, I love Alex's vocals, there's just something about the way he sounds, especially his highs, mm -hmm. like, I love the way that motherfucker sounds. So like, and then I love the way Greg is as a fucking like deathcore vocalist. No, dude, so Greg, like, uh, dude, Greg, I mean, dude, all the, all the, all the side, you know, Greg fucking killed it on that first EP, man. Like, yeah. he, and I think, you know, we really wanted to do something different with his voice here because a lot of his uh, delivery on the Xeno stuff is very fast. Mm -hmm. very, like, you know, very just kind of sharp and focused. Like, you know, so we wanted to do something where his vocals would be a little bit more open. Because Brave's got a fucking powerful voice, dude. Like, yeah, no, he does. I fucking off a lot. This on the EP stuff, you know. And I think he had a lot of. I I don't want to speak for him, but I think he had a lot of fun when he yeah. was out there, you know. And then, uh, then after, like, you know, because we all know Greg's basically a dad. That's not a dad. Yes. <laughs> so he's uh, a childless dad. That's what yeah. he is. No, but I absolutely, dude. I absolutely love Greg, man. He's like one of the best people I know for sure. Like that dude is like so funny. And like you know. If you never got to tour with Greg, man, I feel sorry for you because that dude is like one of the most entertaining people to have. I never did, but I've spent, I've spent a lot of time with him. He's he's there are a few people on this planet better than that guy, in my opinion. Like just yeah, I think Greg is probably has the greatest knowledge of like food and snacks and just all the <laughs> shit that you all the shit that you would never think would matter in a day to day basis. And yeah. Greg is there, but also Greg is like probably one of the cool like one of the best like people knowledgeable in like horror films and culture dude like the dude you go to his place he's got i think he's got every horror film you could think of you know so like that's, no, that's how we really put a lot of the first ep together you know we talked about you know stuff like so like a lot of the lyrical stuff from the ep were terrorized is like you know themes from the favorite movies of ours so we have a lot of our both i think greg and our favorite uh our favorite horror film is the thing so yeah. a lot of themes based around that, you know, isolation, you know, just uh, trust and stuff like that and a bunch of other things too. But uh, yeah, so then, you know, but, you know, like with all time comes change, you know, so then like, you know, I thought, well, it's funny because when I first put Mojo together and I was telling Alex about it, Alex was like, dude, let me do vocals for it. And I was just like, oh, I got Greg on it though, you know, because I didn't want to back out with Greg at the time. But then I hit up Alex again. And then I think the first song I sent to Alex was, you know, the first song he was on was Lovers of the Mother. Yeah. And, uh, Dude, was, he just came back in and just that he just killed it on another level that I could have ever, ever imagined, man. And it was like, it was almost like it was a bittersweet moment, kind of being back together with him. And I was, you realized, you're like, dude, Andrew's here too, man. This is like, you know, at the, I hadn't worked with Alex on music, you know, for years. At that yeah, time. yeah. And like, dude, he just kind of came back in and like he did his thing, man. And he just fucking killed it, dude. And like, you know, he did the same thing with Kingdom Underground. Mm -hmm. The next time, you know, it's like I'm just like, man, this is like. It, to me, it just like this made sense. It, it just makes sense to me to be working with them like that, you know, and all this kind yeah. of stuff. You know, and uh, very, very much looking forward to, you know, his next approach to the to the material here. You know, which is like the final step. I'd say I sell most of the music is pretty done. 
he's just going to put his touch on it and you know it's going to be brutal and heavy and dark and very excited for people to hear it yeah i'm i'm the stuff i've heard so far is already so promising like i'm ready dude i'm fucking ready that's all yeah. i have to say. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like yeah man, i'm just ready for people to hear it now you know but you know, we also don't want to like one or one i'm ready for people to hear but i also like want to make sure it's like you know the best it can be for us out there too so correct 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 and also i don't, I don't want to forget too but you know and we'll draw the two um i think one element that makes it work really well too is um sean our bass player sean yeah. dude you want to talk about badass musicians man sean is just fucking incredible bass player dude. sean has been you know sean is also for people that know he's the bass to send to cover birth but you know um he's played with decapitated uh rings of saturn uh, you know, dude is just one of these sickest bass players. And like, I got toured with him on the Zenith tour. I think it was on the Devastation of the Nation tour. Oh, yeah. When uh, Jacoby was on that with Zenith Passage. And like, I got to finally, that was the first tour I did with Sean. Like, man, like, what a cool, cool dude. This is freaking, you know. That's so tight. New York yeah. dude, he just slaps it bass, literally, man. The dude is one of the best, man. Yeah. I'm just really happy to have him part of that, part of the project, too. You know, it just brings a lot of character and charm. That's fucking awesome. Anytime, you know, you know we haven't actually all talked, like, in a while, but anytime I do hit up Sean, Sean's always ready to talk, you know. So, you know, I'm just uh hopefully now we're getting into like maybe the final little stages of the music here and you know, hopefully have something relatively soon for people to hear. Yeah. Yeah, usually this is the part of the, the show where I'm like, Well, you know, what's going on with the band? But I already know, so I feel stupid asking you that fucking question. So you know. but we'll, everyone, we'll just tell everybody to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. man. Wait and see, man. I think we got some cool things for sure. For I, agree. So, I agree. I but. agree. All right. All right. Let's get to the boring stuff, Rob. The boring it. stuff. I started this show as a way to, for people to pull the veil back from me a little bit. Uh, you know me as a person. We've hung out. We play video games. We oh, partied, yeah. partied a little bit. But, you know, everybody always gets, like, off the wall, like, blackout drunk Joel or, like, super like Joel at a show. He doesn't have time to be nice to me. Maybe he'll take a shot with me. Like, you know, business, like pen up, pen up Joel is what I call it. You know what I mean? And so part of the show is I like to like be informative to people. So, you know, what is something, you know, what would be your number one piece of advice to somebody trying to make it in like the metal community, metal scene, like whether they're a solo artist or as, or as a band, like what, you know, whether it's something on the management front, whether it's some, you know, whatever, like what's the number one piece of advice you want to give to like an up and coming mu musician in the metal scene? Man, there's, I know, I know it's a lot. It's, there's a lot of stuff you want to say. There's a lot of things you could potentially say here. I'm trying to think, you know, on the business side of things, you know, this is something I usually go to you for also actually, <laughs> but if I hadn't thought about, if I had to think about it, you know, yeah. If I had to take a step back and be like, well, how should we actually approach this? I would be like, let me go Joel and see what he says. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, I would say, you know, if you're asking me, I would say really, really focus on making your music the best it can be. I think, I think people really overlook what a good product, you know, uh, yeah. can do for, for the audience. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, let me go back to like Zenith Passage, you know, I really, I think people really dug Zenith because, you know, when they came out with Cosmic, it was just put together so well. Yeah. You know, they sounded like you know a season. They sound like a seasoned band, and it was our yeah. first. Yeah, coming out of the gate, sounding like that is just. I would say really, really, you know, focus on 
you know, what your band is and like, you know, putting out like the best version of that music possible, you know, and it kind of just, and naturally things will just, you know, kind of, you know, grow from there. But, you know, um, yeah, just like, you know, have a solid social media presence, like be very, very solid, like now more than ever. If we're talking like, you know, nowadays, I would say really just kind of be on, you know, the social media, like, you know, Instagram for sure. Yeah. Is, oh yeah, oh yeah. You're, you're, you're following on Instagram is like, I, mean, I, I would say Instagram is probably the biggest thing for any band now, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, and then all your individual members that, you know, like uh, have, if you want like, you know, for, you know, content, you know, have drum playthroughs, have guitar playthroughs, you know, just, have, just, just be on all of that, you know, be interactive with your, with your audience too, you know? Um, if you get a lot of attention, you know, and stuff, you know, be interactive, like constantly engaging. Um, I, I say all this now, you know, because, you know, we're in this, you know, crazy pandemic, you know, and I feel like this is kind of what bands have to go on at the moment, you know, you know, just like using the tools we have at hand of social media to kind of like keep them, to keep ourselves afloat and alive. Yeah. Well, until all of this, you know, blows over, I guess would be the word to say, but yeah, I would say, you know, I'm sure there's a, a, probably a much better answer, but I, at the moment I would say that's, that's for sure. You know, what always comes to me first. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. That's that's you know I, I like that you know I'm a big I'm a big uh, hone your craft person. You know what I mean? Like that's I think that that's very important. And like you know I've even said before on my own like dude if you if you come to me with like some product and I'm just like what what like did you even take the time to listen to this before you send it to me? You yeah. know like so I'm with that. I'm with that. Yeah. Um, Good, like I said, a good presentation and just a good idea of, you know, what you are and your identity, I think is also, you know, will always work really well in the long run. Good, good. All right. Now for the generic question, Rob. The most boring question I can think of. Bring it. What's your favorite color? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with blue today. Blue? Okay. I'm going to say blue. I'm going to dig in the blue. All right. All right. I can take that. I can take that. All right, Rob. This is the question that gets that gets everyone in trouble. Okay. I have two of them back to back. All right. Sheets or Wawa? Man, I guess I'm I guess I'm gonna have to say Wawa just because uh I just know the name more. Wawa just I think is fair. fair. My name because well, you also haven't toured the East Coast in a while, so that's kind of an unfair question. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I've done much sheets really. I think Wawa is what I remember doing. So I would have to say Wawa. Okay, all right, all right. Now this is the this is the tough one. I already know what your answer is going to be though. In and out or Whataburger, Rob? Oof. You know I don't like either, so I hope it's a controversial answer. So, uh, but I mean, that, that answer in and of its own, in and of itself, is. <laughs> I would say you know they're both trash. Uh, sorry, Cali folks. I just think In and Out is you know very very overrated. Of burgers, you know, and it's just like they got, you know, two style of burgers, you know, is the cheeseburger double double on it. I haven't had it in years at this point, but uh, all right, all right, all right. So you were the wrong person to ask this question to. That's fine. That question was, I think, both there. Uh, Whataburger, I think, is worse, but I don't think they get it out. I don't know what's worse being just a bad chain of food or just something that's completely overrated and just completely has filled California. Now I fucking regret even asking you the question. Fuck, dude. Just, uh, it's dangerous territory you're entering, man. You <laughs> okay, well, okay how, okay, how about this then? What? There, so, so it's a two-part question. What is your favorite food 
that you can that you can't get at home? Like what's what's your favorite food to eat on tour and what where is your favorite place to eat on tour? Because I know that those answers are not always the same. Like your favorite restaurant on the road versus your favorite food that you can't, you know, like for example, like with me, like I love a good like especially for some reason in Canada, it's the best. Like chicken shawarma when it's on like the spit, you yeah. know what I mean? And it rotates. You'll get a chicken shawarma like burrito or wrap somewhere. It yeah. tastes infinitely better everywhere that's not California. Well, if you say, yeah, if you're going to say Canada, I guess I would have to vote poutine. I don't think you can get pure poutine here. My man, dude. My uh, man. I would say for here too, uh, that I'm just bummed is it's just not really good here, as you know. Uh, at the time, you know, a Philly cheesesteak here, you know, the one on the East Coast store, you know, uh, just unmatched, unrivaled. Yes. It won't, it won't do well here. Uh, remember, I think, well, it's funny, the best, I think, Philly cheesesteak I had, I think, was in New York. Uh, this place called 99 Miles to Philly. Oh, I love that name. That's right. I ran the corner from the venue, and it was like uh, the smallest little, like, hole-in-the-wall place in New York. Like, it was so good at the time when I had that stuff, but, uh, I mean, those are the, the hole in the wall places. That's where you should eat. People don't get that. People oh. see that and they're like, Oh, this, it's either run down or it, the quality is not going to be that good. No, you're an idiot. That's the place you should eat. Yeah. I mean, I would tell everybody here, you know, if you're going to come to California, the things you got to get, you got to have the Mexican food here. Dude, it's just like, you know, it's unrivaled. Like the hole in the wall place. Like what's the spot? In, what's the spot in Santa Cruz by the catalyst, the little hole in the wall. That's uh, by the catalyst. Oh, you know? of Arda? yeah, I think that's the one, right? Yeah, it's a Five Guys now. Joel, I know. Oh, that's there are a couple other talkers. There's, I mean, there's like four or five all within walking distance. Hold on, Five Guys is pretty big though, because the one I'm talking about was like this place was like really small. Like the only spot you could sit is just at the counter. They turned that whole place into a Five Guys. Oh no, 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 no. Five Guys is the one literally next door to the Catalyst, like on that corner. Yeah. Um, fuck, which one? There's a couple different options. That. Yeah, so if you're at the Catalyst, I know what that one is. If you go left out of the Catalyst, there's the Five Guys. But if you go right down the street a little for a couple blocks down, there's a really dope taqueria around there. Oh, yes. Uh, that place. Um, why am I fucking brain farting what it's called? But yes. I don't know what it's called either, but I just know that's where it is. That's where, that's where Frankie, you know, our, our resident Hispanic person on the team, team. That's where he always goes when he's there. So, but yes, yes, yeah. I know, what, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that place is fucking good. I would say uh, any taquerias or straight up just here, like the trucks are just mm -hmm. like have the best food you've ever had. Dude. Like I say, outside of uh, All Shell Parish's practice space, a truck would always be there every day, and dude, they trip just had the best burritos I've ever had. Dude, we have this place. I think I've talked those burritos. I'm sure you've had that truck before. Have you been around that? Probably. Uh, dude, there's a new one that's in. So it's in Salinas and Monterey. They're called El Volcan. Ooh. It's a truck. Rob, Rob, listen to this. Are you ready? I'm gonna take my glasses off. Oh shit! You can get a Cali burrito from them. Oh yeah. They make the fucking French fries in front of you. So it's literally all grilled at the same time. And they literally, you watch them like do the thing with the potato where it comes through the, the, the fryer, like, or like they strings it, you know? And then they fry it while they're cooking your fucking meat for the Cali burrito. And they put it all in there together. Your life be saved in front of your eyes. Yes, basically. 
That's that's incredible, man. I might and, and, and see, I'm a fucking gringo, so I can't do hot stuff at all. Oh, I love hot because stuff. Because even their mild salsa, like I'm like dead for like a week, dude. Like so you would love it. <laughs> I'm, all about, I'm all about hot spice stuff. Well, like also I'm more recently really gotten into like Burmese food. Uh, see, I've, I've never, I've never tried. Yeah, dude, Burmese food is the shit. Dude. You want, if you want spicy stuff, man. Holy shit! I've you been know. on a big. Uh, so I, the last like two years, I'm real big on like the Hawaiian fusion food. Like mm. I love it, dude. Like I've always enjoyed it, but the last couple of years, like that's like if I can go out and get like Colby ribs with like a rice ball and like mac and like mac salad from like a Hawaiian place, like you know stuff like that, or like even like. We have a place here in Monterey that has like they do like they're like it's like Hawaiian fusion tofu tacos, but they're so fucking good. That sounds amazing. I'm sure look that up. <laughs> if you ever want to come down this way, bro, I got you with the food. You know, yeah, what I mean? like, got, you know where to go. Tofu and tacos on there. Just yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tofu tacos. All right. This is the last question I ask every guest, Rob, right. and it's a difficult one. And I did not give you a heads up. Because okay. I never give anybody a heads up, so I'm really sorry. Okay. This one might take you a minute, okay? Let's do it. So as I mentioned, you know, like 10 minutes ago, part of the reason I do this is to, like, pull the veil down, let people get to know me and interact with me a little bit better and understand me as a person. Right. Well, you're an individual. You know, you're very outspoken about things on the Internet. You're also a musician. And sometimes, you know, as a musician, it's hard to be yourself. And some people also prefer to keep like a wall up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the last thing I'm asking you, and again, I've asked every guest this, so you're not being singled out, is what is like something about you on the inside or like a character trait or like a personality trait? What's something about you that you wish more people knew? Hmm. Interesting. It's funny. I that's a that is a tough question. Wow, it is. Hmm. Like me, for example, you know, like you, you know, you've had enough conversations with me. I'm plagued with like I don't I don't I don't spell check everything, so I look very illiterate because I almost always spell something wrong. Right. You know, but but on that note, this whole bookshelf behind me is filled with books, and I've read all of them. I, I actually love to read, but I never talk about it. I never post about it. I'm, and obviously I'm not going to post pictures of myself sitting around reading a book because I'm not a fucking douchebag. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Good though. Yeah, so, yeah. But, like, but like people don't know that about me. You know what I mean? The next like Instagram pic is you with glasses just looking all prolific just sitting there with a yeah. book. With like, like a fucking cup of tea or something? Yeah, absolutely. With freaking your dog just chilling next to you too? Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's asleep over here. I don't know. Can you see her? Yeah, there she is. Oh, look at her. She's all passed out. But yeah, so like, you know, like there's that, like, you know, like I said, a lot of people know, like they're used to, especially in recent years, people get business Joel a lot because right. I'm very passionate about what I do with Penna and it's also how I make a living. But like when people actually sit down and talk to me about the company stuff, like they don't realize how much I know versus how much I don't execute because I don't care because I actually do it because I, I, I love being a promoter. I love putting on shows for my friends to play and for my friends to attend. You know what I mean? That's right. why. I, but a lot of people don't see. They don't see that. They just see me yelling at everybody at a show, or me telling kids who are fighting to fuck off, or me, you know, trying to bust busting the people that are sneaking into the show. You know, they don't. They don't get to know like the why. Why do I tick? Why do I say the things I say? You know what I mean? So like, 
I want to make sure I ask all my guests that. Man, that's uh, hard to see because I feel like, well, it's funny you say all that too because I feel like more as of late I've kind of put out, I think, who I actually am more so on the internet as of late. Fair. fair. But I think I want to be someone that's like kind of very filled with sarcasm, maybe like trying to like, you know, put a light jest in like, you know, uh, very uh, heated, tense moments, you know? Yes. Always kind of like keep that levity there. But I think also, you know, you try to have a good balance of someone that's, uh, you know, I think a lot, I got a lot of that's from like, you know, from our kind of group too, like, you know, being someone, being there for people like, you know, when they needed to, I guess, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. a listening ear, you know, I think I've always, you know, felt, uh, felt that peace or like, you know, had a good calm sense of mind when someone listens to me and like, you know, just really just kind of sat back and listened and like, you know, gave me the time of day to like, you know, talk about, you know, my anxieties or like, you know, just uh, things going wrong, you know, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that I like to be for my friends, just anybody in general, you know? So, you know, as much as like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a big, like kind of jokey, like sarcastic side of me online too, but also like, you know, underneath that, you know, someone that's actually uh, does take things serious too, you know, but that's a, that was a tough one, man. I was like, how do I get out of this? There's some people, cause I, that's the one question I never give anybody a heads up to. So if, especially if it's like, you know, dude, most of these episodes are over an hour. Like I know, not everybody wants to hear me fucking talk for an hour. You know what I mean? So like not everybody watches the show before they're on it. And yeah. I always get them and they're always like, Oh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good, I wouldn't say that's a bad question. I said, that was a good one though. That's yeah. like, that made me think like, what, what do I, what about myself? You will not know. Yeah. And I kind of thought about it. She was like, well, I think I've been trying to like actually just put more of myself out there a little bit. as It's good though. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think uh, what I, if I had to uh, put forth anything, I would say like really, you know, do you like to take the stance of being an observer and listener, which I think now more than ever is very important, you know, really listening to people and like, you know, hearing people and, you know, just, uh, just getting perspective, you know, not just my own, but others. So. Awesome. Awesome. I love that, dude. I love that. You definitely get perspective in our chat. That's for sure. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When the when behind closed doors, some I think Rob and I hate each other. No, not at all, man. I think you know. Well, it's funny. He's like, they might think that's you, but also when I look at it too, it's like, dude, we're talking about freaking you know video game consoles. It's like, there's no way you can actually share a hatred for somebody over it. Exactly. And if you do, you're a freaking moron. <laughs> silly, silly dude. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but you know, man, I which was fun, man. Like uh we did we had that fun back and forth about PlayStation and Xbox. Oh and god. Like at the end of it, I was just like, you know what, dude, it's really when it comes what the, the funny thing about all this is like all that comes down to is just preference. It comes down to preference, and I still love you at the end of the day. Exactly. All right, Rob, thank you for joining me. Uh we're about the hour 15 minute mark. This is usually longer than I like to go. So uh, I appreciate everybody that's listened and watched and checked it out. Uh, Rob, how can everybody find you on the interwebs if they want? Let them know. Yeah. So if you want, you can just, you know, find me on Instagram of Robert Camara 989. And through my account, you can find all of my band's accounts. So you can find Aldrotha's account and then you can just do a quick search. You can find Zenith message and everything else too. So, and all this silly stuff I do through all of that. So, yeah, and I'll have Rob's links in the description at the bottom of the, of the video, of course, per usual. Y'all know the routine. 
uh rob dude this has been a blast thank you for doing uh, this great man. And like i told you when i asked you to do the show like I, I just have my friends on and we chat you know i learned stuff about you today fuck dude i actually learned a lot about you this might be the the most informative episode i've done like on a friend yeah wow. you know what i mean so I'm, i really appreciate you fucking doing it with me and unless, um, unless yeah, my memory's failing I me mean, you're the 35th episode so yeah. i appreciate that dude you've had 35 episodes yeah, the first 10 are like just me. Okay. Like I started when I originally launched the show, it was like just me talking. I tried to keep the episodes to 15 minutes or less. Right. Um and I had fun doing that, but I'll be honest, like my creative juices kind of ran out. Like what can I self-educate on mm-hmm. and what can I educate on that I'm passionate about? You know what I mean? Right. Like I can only make so many videos on like how to not be a shitty local band or how to not be right. like don't send me a Facebook message. Use a, use your fucking email. You know what I mean? Like I can only make so many episodes on that. And like right now, like with the world being as difficult as, as it is, and being in, fuck being an adult hard right now. You know what I mean? So like I don't have my uh, my my mental capacity is not at its uh, standard rate. Let's just leave it like that. So I was somebody was like, dude, why don't you interview some of your friends? And I was like, that's a fucking smart idea. And I started doing it that way, and here we are. Yeah, man, this is uh, this is a freaking pleasure to be a part of, man. And you know, well, I'm sure I will see you later tonight at some point. Yes, yes I'm sure we'll be gaming later. So, control over there waiting for me, man. So I'm ready to get on tonight with the dudes. And, uh, yeah, I saw that thing yeah. looks pretty, bro. That thing looks pretty. It would be as I said about with it earlier. Now I will be above average. There you go. There you go. I got a new controller, and I. Well, I'm a. I'm a I wouldn't say I'm above average, but I'm better than I normally do. Let's leave it like I that. Try, I think the real test I got to try with this controller, I got to try Apex with it because I think Apex, I was just not having a good time on the dual shock with it. Mm, that makes sense. Apex is such a fast, snappy aiming style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is meant for that for sure. I, I actually, like, I've been taking a break. I only play Call of Duty because I play it with the boys. Yeah. You know, but, like, I've been taking a break from SP, the FPS games. Like, I've been doing, like, Avengers, Among Us, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I know you have too, and it's it's just been way more fun that way. It, Wa, Waffle and I even have this like cheesy like it like looks like cart you're controlling cartoon action figures with big heads, and it's like a WWE fighting game. It's just so nonchalant but mashing fun. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I've just been playing like shit like that for fun because what's the point in stressing out over my fucking KD and Call of Duty? You know what I mean? For real, man. That's funny. It's like as much as it's so funny how Call of Duty is like. I think been the leading cause of keeping people busy, but also driving them up the wall, up the fucking wall. Yeah. Good war is done, man. The fact that we got a new one coming in November is going to be even crazier. Thank God. I'm ready, dude. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Rob, thanks for joining me. You're the fuck man. Everybody. Thanks for watching. Uh, Subscribe to the channel, please on YouTube. It helps me a lot. Uh, check out all the links. Check out Rob's links. Check out Moldalter. Uh, check out Zenith Passage and Moldratha. Moldratha, right? Moldratha? There you go. Yeah. My English language, seeing the R-O-T-H, wants to spit it out a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll have links, at the you know, again, in the description. Check that out. Uh, the, the links will also be there if you listen to this as a podcast instead of watching the, the episode. I, I feel it. Uh, it works both ways. So... Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Rob, thank you, my fucking dude. I appreciate you for being here. Uh, And I'm real excited for uh, Alex. If you listen to this, finish the vocals on those fucking songs because I really want to fucking hear them, dude. Uh, All right. I've been your boy, Joel Cupcake. This has been Rob Mara. Oh, sorry, over here. 
I always get that fucking backwards with this goddamn camera. There you are over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there we go. Peace, yeah. everybody. <laughs>